A reading from Isaiah. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you people from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made me my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand. He hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength, he says. It is too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you a light in the na- to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of the rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus, for in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, 
I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Kephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. This is a little exercise I like to do every once in a while while we're gathered here on a Sunday morning. How many of you, when you were five years old, knew that you would end up in Mill Valley, California? One, two, three. Some of you were born here, right? How many of you, when you were 10? 15? 20, 25, how many of you when you were 30 didn't know you'd end up in Mill Valley, California? Most of us don't know where we'll end up. How many of you knew that the career you have now was going to be the career you were going to have when you were 10? 15, 20? 25, I promise this won't turn into an auction. (laughs) 30, right? Right? Just a few. How many of you were 30 before you knew that you were going to have the career you have now? Many of us. We have a sort of conceit in the West that we create ourselves and that we determine our own destiny. But if you think about it for very long, for most of us, that really isn't true. Most of us spend our lives following a thread that we have been given. We're not quite sure where it comes from, 
and it takes many different paths over the course of our lives and meanders in ways that we can't possibly plan for or imagine. And we call that, interestingly enough, our calling, our vocation, to use an older word. But it's hard for us to articulate at any given time exactly what it is, because most of us, if we think about it for very long, actually spend a lot of our lives putting one foot in front of the other. And even our biggest strategies in life will take us into unexpected places because life, as we like to say, happens to us, right? We don't plan it all that much. Or as one of the great writers about management says, this is Peter Drucker, culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? We are all born into a culture, and we all live and inhabit a place that we didn't choose for ourselves. And yet we have this thread that we follow. That is what today's readings are all about. If you listen closely to today's readings, they are filled with a profoundly ironic, divine, some would say Jewish, sense of humor which makes sense, given the cultural context in which they were written. The irony begins, as we heard last Sunday, for the ancient Israelites, a people that Isaiah is writing to who are emerging from a profoundly dislocating experience. This is a people who have been taken into exile in Babylon, have lost everything, and even the house of their god, has been razed to the ground in Jerusalem. They seem to have lost everything, and yet Isaiah tells them it will not be enough for God to restore you to your homeland and to your ancient practices. But in fact, God is calling you to be a witness and inspiration to the whole of the world, which to a little band of people who have no homeland, and who are otherwise unheard of in the greater world of the ancient Near East, must have sounded absolutely bizarre and strange. And yet they are given the name of Israel. Israel, which for those of you who remember, has its roots in that story in Genesis where Jacob finds himself out in the wilderness, alone, wrestling with God. That's what Israel means, to wrestle, to strive, to struggle with God. And that is the thread that they are called to follow. That is their calling above all else. Paul is writing many centuries later, in the middle of the first century, to a little band of Christians in Corinth. Now, Corinth was a town, when Paul was writing to it, where you could get anything your heart desired with the right amount of money, anything you wanted. You know, Corinth was a melting pot of all kinds of morality and spiritual practices and religious perspectives. 
And here was a little band of Christians, probably smaller than we are here this morning, probably a motley crew of Gentiles, who often probably felt they didn't know which way was up. And here is Paul writing to them and saying, you have a calling. You have a claim. You have a thread to follow. Paul will go on and exhort them and scold them and encourage them and give them hard teachings and tell them to hang together even when they're fighting with each other, as we all do on occasion. But they have a thread. Christ is their thread. And Paul doesn't tell them where it will take them. But he tells them to keep their eye on it, to keep a hand on it, like the legends of old. It is that thread that will lead them home. Then we have that beautiful reading today from John. One of my favorite phrases in John, you know? Did you catch that sort of tumble that comes out of John the Baptist's mouth? After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. Say that again, please. Yeah? Does that compute? Maybe if you think about it long enough. But even John the Baptist, that prophet, that forerunner of Jesus, admits he wasn't sure. He was just following the thread, figuring out who the Messiah was. Finally, he sees him and he bears witness. He didn't know him at first until he baptized him. And then suddenly he saw that calling. Jesus' first followers, too, don't quite know where they're going. And so John is being ironic when the first question they ask Jesus is, where are you staying? And if you know anything about Jesus, you know that's a crazy question to ask because the correct answer would be nowhere. Jesus is always on the move, and this is particularly true in John's Gospel, where he's going back and forth between Galilee and Jerusalem. He's wandering into Samaria, where no good Jewish person should go. He's going out to be with the foreigners at the edges of Israelite society, and he is always collecting dust on his sandals, always on the move. And yet his first followers ask him, where are you staying? And then John sort of gratuitously points out, it was four o'clock in the afternoon. So, like the rest of us, his calling was to be where he was then at four o'clock in the afternoon. Just like, as one of my brothers in the Brotherhood of St. Gregory is fond of saying, I am called to ministry where I am now. Where I am now. Calling is not a future thing. It's right where we are, where our lives meet the thread. We don't know where that thread will take us. The good news that we are being told over and over again today is that Christ will be there with us, walking with us. Some might say they've been walking before us, following that thread. Today we get to celebrate a little bit, because we have a number of threads that have come together 
through no great planning of our own, really, right? We have Amelia Petrone Ferguson, who is about to be baptized. I was checking with her grandfather just before the service today. Petrone, is that related to the name Peter? I wanted to double check because my Italian is a bit like my Japanese. I know just enough to get myself into trouble. We weren't sure, so the good news is we have Google now, so I looked it up. And indeed, it is related to that word, Peter, Pietro. Or it is derived from a related Italian word, which means big rock. But this rock, this Petrone, just like the Peter that Jesus calls, isn't meant to stay still. I don't have to tell you, this rock rolls, right? Always on the move, and she will be for the rest of her life. Another irony of our tradition. The other great story that's worth telling is that her other name, Ferguson, is a family name, and this is a family that for a while was spending time at St. Mary's in Fayette, Missouri. Turns out that is a parish where my dad served back in the 1990s. Who knew, right? But here we are, having followed the thread of grace here in Mill Valley. And you know this is the Petrone family, right, whose hospitality you enjoy when you eat down at Piazza D'Angelo? I wasn't paid to advertise for them, I promise. (laughs) But uh, we're very blessed to have you all. And the way the threads have come together, the threads of grace, This is what gathers us together today, our calling. The other fond thing that I like to do on a regular basis is to have us look around at each other and recognize that, you know, we probably wouldn't have our paths crossing except for this place, Church of Our Savior, that gathers us together to share prayer and sacrament in common. And that is a calling in and of itself. All of the threads of our lives have brought us here together to be met again by one another, to be met again by our God who walks with us and who helps us follow that thread, that thread that leads us all home. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.